Production funding for Ruckus has been provided by gifts from Dave and Jamie Cummings, the Fred and Lou Hartwig family, Peter and Barbara Gattermeyer, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize, and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees. And by viewers like you. Thank you. Welcome to Ruckus, our weekly food for thought fight over the news of the day and the trends of the times. I'm Mike Shannon. The Ruckus join me shortly on our topics this week. Elections have consequences, and a consequential one is but a few days away. The economic consequences of earlier elections still reverberate in Kansas City, and the local congresswoman may soon face a consequential choice. Plus, of course, roast and toast. But we're going to start with our newsmaker segment and look at one of the city council races soon to be decided. Joining me is Eric Bunch, a candidate in the 4th District, which includes downtown, midtown, and the Country Club Plaza. This is an in-district race, meaning it will be decided only by voters in the 4th District. We talked with Eric's opponent on an earlier program. Eric Bunch, welcome back to Ruckus. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me, Mike. You are the co-founder of Bike Walk KC, which is what? Yeah, we're Bike Walk KC is a nonprofit, primarily focused on advocacy around walkability, bikeability. So improving sidewalks, improving accessibility, improving access to public transportation. You know, we started Bike Walk KC with the idea that that, that the big changes that the, the transformation the city really needs to really address some of the big deep inequalities, uh, public health disparities, uh, things like crime uh, are, are, are really, they need, they need long-term solutions and, and improving accessibility for everyone was one of those things that we really felt was, was, was part of that. We'll get to the issues in a moment. Uh, let's talk about you. Tell yeah. us your background. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm the co-founder and policy director at Bike Walk KC. I went to William Jewell College up in Liberty, Missouri. I left for a, left Kansas City for a time. Uh, lived in Columbia for a few years, Columbia, Missouri, uh, and and then went off to Denver for a couple years, and and came back because we felt my my wife and I felt like Kansas City was a place that that where we wanted to raise kids. Midtown offers an incredible quality of life, and uh, and 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 so we decided to raise our three kids right here in Midtown and send them to public schools. I took a look at your uh, website. And I think we're going to put this on the screen. Uh, you say, as the next 4th District Councilperson, I promise to expand public transportation, fix our sidewalks and streets, improve public education, make housing affordable, and fight for equity and social justice. Aside from the last point, how do you expect to get all that accomplished <laughs> in perhaps four years as one of 13 council members? Uh, hopefully eight years. Uh, well, you can do this in eight <laughs> years then. But, you know, I have, a, I have a strong track record of bringing, bringing diverse voices to the table uh, to make decisions and, 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 and work on, on some of those big issues. Like, as, as an example, as my, with my work at Bike KC, I advocated for uh, our $150 million out of the GEO bond a couple years ago to go to sidewalks and, and accessible curb, curb ramps. Um, felt that that was an important thing. So that's bringing people together to the table to really start solving some of these big challenges. Would you challenges, say improve public education? The city yeah, council right. is not part of the school district program? Absolutely. Uh, you're right. And the city council shouldn't co-opt uh, the work of the school well, board. Then how but, are you going to improve public education? Well, one way is making sure that we're prioritizing investments in our community to, to support schools. So things like sidewalks, crosswalks, making sure neighborhoods are safe around those, uh, those schools. But also it's about convening 
uh, partners and making sure that we're having good conversations and making sure just simply that the city is a partner in the conversation. You you were endorsed by the Kansas City Star. I think the endorsement yeah. was this Thursday morning. Yeah. Uh, are you happy by that or upset by it? I'm absolutely elated over it. I think that the Kansas City Star recognizes that 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 we do need to to, to take some bold ideas and and recognizes that that yes, I'm interested in public transportation and walkability, but also they know that I have some great ideas on, on making housing affordable and, and really being a more accessible city council person. And I think that that editorial really did a good job of, of Kansas City that. Star also has endorsed Quentin Lucas for mayor. Have you endorsed either of the candidates? Uh, I haven't endorsed a, a candidate publicly, no. I, you know, I, I've worked with both of them and I consider both of them friends. And I'm excited to, I, you know, I'm excited that we have, have two good choices and and, you know, whichever one comes out in the end you can work is with one either. who I, I can work with just about anyone. Okay, I'm we a pretty have just, agreeable just a, guy. a very few <laughs> seconds left. Uh, very quickly, what do you consider the top issue that is facing Kansas City at this point? I think it's the deep inequality that we've experienced over the decades. You know, we, we like to say that a rising tide raises all boats, but that assumes you've got a boat. And so I'd like to make sure we build some more boats. So building uh, building sidewalks that are accessible for those with disabilities are better sidewalks for everyone. Uh, transportation that's accessible for everyone is, is, is accessible for Gotta everyone. Gotta stop so. you there. Thank yeah, you very much. Uh, congratulations yeah. on your primary victory. Good luck Thank in the you. general election. Thank you so much. That is 4th District City Council candidate Eric Bunch. Now let's meet the panel and start a ruckus. <laughs> Jamika Kendricks is an educator and education activist. Patrick Tuey is director of municipal policy at the Show Me Institute, a free market think tank. Jeremy LeFevre is a former Missouri legislator, now with LeFevre and Associates. Ron Freeman is a motivational speaker and writer and will no doubt motivate us to have a lively discussion. Are you prepared to do that, sir? Unquestionably, Mike, unquestionably. Let's see if it happens. <laughs> By the time Ruckus is back next week and even earlier, we will know who the next mayor of Kansas City will be. Voters go to the polls on Tuesday, June the 18th. Since the April 4th primary, Jolie Justice and Quentin Lucas have been actively campaigning. There have been numerous debates, and you can watch the final debate here on KCPT tomorrow night at 7.30, again on Sunday morning at 11. We should know by now what the essential differences are between the two, what policy preferences separate them. They're both attorneys, both city council members, and both Democrats. But are there any significant distinctions? So, Jamika, as a concerned voter, what do you discern to be the fundamental differences between those two mayoral candidates? So for me, the major difference would be whether or not we continue in the direction that Mayor James has us moving or whether or not we go somewhere different. Um, I think Jolie would definitely continue with the same things that the mayor is doing um, as far as investment in downtown area, um, investment in the airport. I think Quentin is looking at kind of spreading the wealth. Um, so that in areas where I live, um, which is Midtown, where we're seeing some more development there, or where my parents live in the South Side, um, seeing some more development going on there and more money being uh, put into those places because right now it's really concentrated. And so the major difference for me is do we continue with lots of incentives and development happening in a small portion of the city or do we expand it and invest in other areas? Patrick, would you say the differences are more style than substance? 
No, I think there are substantive differences as well. Jamika's right. I think uh, uh, Jolie Justice is much more of a, a third term for Mayor Sly James. Uh, but I agree with the Kansas City Star's uh, editorial in which they um, endorsed Quentin Lucas. They said, frankly, uh, we don't need any more conversations. We don't need to convene stakeholders. We know what Kansas City needs. What we need is a leader who has the, uh, the nerve to actually do it. Thank you for leading me into the star endorsement, a portion of which I have available. It says, in another moment, one requiring less movement and more of the steady hand that Justice often mentions, she'd be a fine choice. But it is Lucas who is more apt to accomplish any item on the difficult change agenda they both talk about, and that's why Lucas has earned the star's endorsement ahead of Tuesday's election. Agree with that endorsement? Uh, totally. I think that, and it's funny to agree with Kansas City Star, but hey, it happened. Uh, <laughs> but you look at this situation. This, this, we'll mark this as a first. Yeah. Well, you're going to need a charismatic, persuasive leader who's got a vision that's broader than what's been done. And I think that's Quentin Lucas. Jeremy, if you were at the KCPT debate tomorrow evening mm -hmm. and somebody asked you to ask a question of the candidates, what would it be? I think, first of all, it's important to note that with the Kansas City Star's endorsement and $5, that'll get you a cup of coffee. Um, but if I were to ask the two candidates a question, I would, I would you know, I, many of the generic things that, that people ask, you know, what are, what are your priorities and things like that. For me, the race comes down to, can I trust, which of these two candidates can I trust to carry out the agenda that they say that they're going to do? And you know, while I, I consider Quentin a, a friend and a colleague, um, there have been multiple instances, at least from my standpoint, and I think many other people feel the same way, um, where he says one thing, says something different on Monday, and by Thursday, you have no idea how he's going to vote. Julie Justice has pointed that out in some of her commercials, has she done? I, I haven't little, seen the commercials, but yes, she, she has. If, uh, they used to say that about Cleaver, too, though. They used and to. Is it not they okay for somebody to actually <laughs> so, yeah, take in information well and utilize that information to inform their decision? Because today, I might say the potholes in the south side need the attention the most. And I might get information that tells me, no, North Kansas City needs more help. Is it not okay for me to say with the information that I've received that I'm going to make a different decision? I don't think that's not okay. And, and with Jolie... It's general. There's nothing specific that she's putting out in a plan except to bring people together. So when it comes down to it, Jolie could say, I fulfilled every promise I ever made because I never made any. And so Quentin I don't think that's he, okay. He made every promise he ever made because he makes all promises so accusing, and hopes that he, by talking out of both sides of his mouth, he can eventually accomplish something. Accusing, I think they all do. accusing politicians of being politicians is, right. is right. fair. But uh, you, you look at their track record. I think Quentin Lucas has demonstrated a willingness to take on the status quo when it comes to incentives downtown, that's to take on the status quo on housing, and uh, Jolie Justice took on the airport. Uh, she took on crime. Uh, she had a, a crime commission that uh, uh, included no police officers. And their conclusion was to hire uh, a city staffer whose job it was to work between bureaucrats. Well, uh, both have said they like the work the city manager is doing, Troy Schulte. He's been around for longer than most city managers. Mm -hmm. Do you think they both will keep the city manager? <clears throat> Either would keep the city manager if elected. Uh, Not I, that it's entirely up to sure. the mayor. But. No, I have I have no idea. I imagine after the election, the city manager will kind of look at what the people have decided, talk with the uh, the candidate to elect or, or the the mayor elect, and and determine if that person's vision aligns with his own and make a decision then. It, it shouldn't be part of the consideration now. Is it healthy, Ron, to change city managers every once in a while? Since they're the ones with the real power in Kansas City, right. Missouri government. Yeah, I think it's healthy to have a, that fresh blood and fresh vision. It's going to be more like what the, what the new mayor's going to be. All right, let us move on. 
So let me ask you, how are all these economic development deals we talk about so much, deals with tax breaks and other benefits for developers and businesses working out for Kansas City? Are the tax breaks for helping business development actually creating more revenue for the city and more jobs? Are the tax breaks making possible more and better basic services? Is the taxpayer being well served by the process? A study or two may say yes, but a study by the Show Me Institute says otherwise. A column about the study from Mr. Tui appeared recently in the Kansas City Star. He's with us, so let me ask him directly what are a couple of the key findings. The study that the city commissioned uh, and released in August 2018 was so bad uh, and so flawed that I think a reasonable person can wonder if it was intentionally so. And in fact, my uh, investigation and, and, and use of open records requests over the past several months have found out that in fact uh, the city was so, I'll say, in bed with the Economic Development Corporation and all the agencies and stakeholders who benefit from the status quo, and by that I mean they make money off of having taxpayer dollars diverted to them, uh, that, that the study seems to have been, uh, the attempt of it seems to have been to just provide cover. And that's really disappointing. We spend millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in Kansas City, and we don't know if it's working. And we don't know if it's working because the effort made to study it was... Uh, uh, you know, was a paper. Well, tag. it sounds to me like what you're saying, and I'll ask Jeremy to comment here. Uh, it sounds like you're saying the people who are going to be affected by the study are the people who decide what the study will exactly study, yes. and therefore preclude any outcome that doesn't help them. Yes. The only study that you need to, to, to look at and understand is between 2009 and 2018, uh, real property tax revenue. Revenue, actual revenue is a real calculation for Kansas City Public Library, increased 18%. Two of those years were in a recession. In that same time period, personal property tax only increased 11.4%. And so we see that economic incentives work. What does they, that have to do with return? That we're coming out of a recession. How much of that growth was due to the economy coming out of a recession, and how much of that growth was due to particular incentives? Well, if you just look at personal property tax you don't and know. real property that tax, not the it's only one. Data you need. Could I finish answering yeah, the question? Go ahead. Uh, it's a third higher real property tax revenue. The problem everybody has is that libraries and schools don't have enough money. You have 18% more than you had before. If you have an empty surface parking lot or an empty uh, office building, a little bit of something is still more than 100% of nothing. That is wrong. That is, that wrong. is absolutely true. That's so, math. So I will, t I will explain to you what happens. The, the, the explain studies, math to me. They, the studies that the city funds and that are used around the country that are called the but-for analysis say, gosh, if we don't develop, this parcel will sit uh, vacant, right? Think of Beth Shalom. When, Think when of Burns downtown Kansas City right. during the when, Kate Barnes administration. When she invested in it, now we have this beautiful downtown. Right. But well, if, okay, study well, that. Let's talk about... I, will, let's, I have studied well, that. Well, Hold on a second, Mike. Let me finish this point. Forgive me. Uh, if you look at the number of jobs created and businesses created in downtown Kansas City, right? It's been the awesome. Entertainment just it's been amazing. But the city... Thanks the to that growth, investment. The growth in the city has been flat. They have created no new jobs citywide and no new businesses citywide. What they have done is created an incentive for businesses to move downtown from elsewhere in the city and, by the way, move into a district where they pay no tax to yeah. the city. It, we are all the cards, but you haven't yeah. anything to the debt. Thank That's you. What, what's going on. Thank There's you. been 18% growth. If I might resume as being host of the program. Yes. Uh, Please do. For a minute. <laughs> we're talking about things like the Power and Light District and uh, 
they've been subsidized and they continue to be subsidized mm -hmm. long after completion. They'll be subsidized probably forever. And that's been talked about from the outset. But are they worth it? Something like the Power and Light District? Well, I think ultimately you're looking at a situation where there's a benefit up front to get people there. But at some point in time, you have to benefit from their presence. Uh, bottom line, when you're going to have something that lasts for, <clears throat> what, 30, 40 years of tax-free uh, living, I mean, that's great for the business doesn't help the community. And I think you got to have some situation where maybe an idea would be to say, okay, first 10 years you get your uh, tax abatement, but after that we're going to progressively bring you to where you're actually contributing to the overall, and then 18% wouldn't even be relevant. And there's an assumption that the development would not occur but for the incentive, and it is not true. That's right. And it has been demonstrated time and time again when those incentives are not given at 100% for 25 years, the development still occurs. So if the assumption is it's going to be a vacant parking lot unless we give away 25 years worth of 100% right. of taxes, then yes, they're going to have 100% of nothing. Of 100 but of the truth is, the truth is that development would occur Right regardless okay Jamaica there's going to be a question on the June 18th ballot called question one and it's going to ask if voters want to limit tax breaks on economic development to 50 percent instead of the current 75 percent do you like that idea um, I am glad that it's coming to voters I am not in full agreement with limiting just blanket at 50%. Neither can I think there needs to be something else done, but I think this is a result of the government not listening to people saying, what we're doing is not working. It's not benefiting the whole city as we expected it to, <coughs> so let's do something different. And, and quickly, Patrick, uh, neither mayoral candidate likes the question one. Uh, they want it to fail. Do you want it to fail? Uh, I plan to vote for it personally. Uh, I think it's perfectly fine. I don't believe any of the crocodile tears. Uh, the developers who have never showed any interest in developing in the east side are now saying, oh, boo-hoo, if question one passes, we won't develop in the east I'll, side. I'll take, that a, I'll take that as yes. And I'm voting for it, too. <laughs> All right. Kansas 3rd District Congresswoman Sharice Davids is serving her first term in the U.S. House. If she serves a second, may depend on how her party handles the question of impeachment. Some Democratic leaders are pushing hard to impeach President Trump. Speaker Nancy Pelosi takes another approach, quoted recently as saying, she doesn't want to see Trump impeached. She wants to see him in prison. Oh. Davids has been noncommittal on impeachment, saying she trusts Democrats on the relevant committees who are considering the issue. That approach works for now, but if the matter comes to a vote, Davids will have to say yay or nay. At this point, how do you think her constituents in the 3rd District of Kansas are leaning on impeaching Trump, yay or nay, Ron? Well, it's interesting that 53% of Democrats think he should be impeached, but 28% of the overall say no. So i got to think 3rd District's probably that 28% that says no. If she votes for his impeachment, I think she's done. I don't think she's got a, a base of support there. But Democrats want him out because they think it's going to help him. That's a, their reason is that if we can make him, maybe impeach him, we get the House, maybe we get the Senate, and maybe we get a Democrat president. And that's not going to happen. It's a pipe dream. But their only hope has been somehow the Russian collusion, this, and that, again, that fell flat on its face. Mueller investigation was going to sink him. It didn't. So now we go with impeachment. Uh, if she supports that, she's in trouble. Uh, Jeremy, what about the other Democratic House member from the metro area, uh, Emmanuel Cleaver? Is he supportive of impeachment? I think they're both smart to sit back and let the folks on the committees uh, do their work and look at the evidence. I think 
voters in Kansas is third in particular are a smart bunch of voters that their thought is maybe they don't have an opinion right now let's look at the evidence but I think what the responsible choice that Sharice in particular is making right now is to sit back and take a look at it and and make a decision based on the information and not emotion. Uh, Jamika what might the US House charge Donald Trump with if they sought impeachment what would be the high crime and or misdemeanor or both or more? Um, I am not sure specifically what they would charge him with, but I'm sure it would come out of they're the They're not either, report. I don't think. <laughs> um, they're not, and that's why it's not happening. But also it's not happening because it shouldn't. And I know you probably thought that I would want him impeached. However, I did think that. <laughs> Thank you however, for proving me wrong. I don't think, like right now, it's not that he has a year left before we do another election. So let the people decide. Also, um, when we've done impeachment, that's happened two other times where it's actually gotten through the House um, and gone to the Senate and it's not passed. Well, we've got 53 Republicans in our Senate. If they move forward with impeachment, it's just political play because it's not going to go through. It's going to be the same as the other two times we attempted. I think the only time where it would have actually worked is with Nixon, but he resigned. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point she brings up, Patrick. Uh, why proceed with impeachment when you know it will fail in the U.S. Senate? Well, so it's, it's just rank politics, right? So this is not unique to Democrats, and this is not unique this year. You've got a party that is trying to play to the base because they are yep. the activists. They show up, they scream and yell, and so you've got that here. You've got... Uh, you know, the, the, the kind of progressives. However, Nancy Pelosi is speaker because of the 40 Democrats yeah. who won in, in Republican districts. So, you know, she's got kind of the, the age-old political job, which is keep the, uh, give some red meat to the base, but don't uh, upset the, uh, the people that brung you. Mm -hmm. Ron, do you think Republicans believe they would benefit if Trump went through an impeachment process? Oh, I think we are benefiting yes. already, and I think the, the reality for the Democrats, when you look at Iowa last week, <clears throat> excuse me, Elizabeth Warren's her top most favorable candidate. So they've got issues way beyond the president to do something in 2020, so they need to really focus on that. What about Democrats, Jeremy? Are, are they better served by continuing down the impeachment road or backing away from it and looking at other areas? I'm confident that Democrats are able to uh, chew gum and walk at the same time where they can, you know, assign their committees to do the work, do the investigations, while also continue the work uh, that Congress uh, is supposed to be doing. Do you think we're going to get to an impeachment uh, hearing, at least in the House? Probably. And what do you think might be the charge or charges? Obstruction of justice. Do you agree with that? I don't think we'll hear a hearing. I think uh, they very much want to talk about this to keep yes. the base happy. But uh, if she's going to start an impeachment, she pretty much needs to start it in the next few weeks because there are uh, time frames, investigations, and then a vote, and they're going to run up into the election. Well, I don't think Joe Biden. Yeah, as we close in on the 2020 campaign, uh, you know, what's the point of an impeachment? trial when, yeah. when, if it's in fact the American people want Donald Trump out of office, they Democrats will have a chance to, on winning exactly. to show them. Right. Exactly. Okay, we seem to be in virtual agreement. Yeah. Huzzah! That is amazing. <laughs> All, right, everybody. That. All right, let's go to the soapbox. <laughs> it's time for Roast and Toast, where the Ruckets have 30 seconds each to aggravate, activate, or contemplate. And up first is Ron Freeman. All righty. I'm going to toast the Kansas City Royals and uh, Big Slick fundraiser featuring... Chiefs quarterback, um, what's that kid's name again? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, and Shawnee Mission graduates Paul Rudd and Jason Sudeikis raising 
$2.5 million for Children's Mercy's Hospital, and uh, Patrick Mahomes hit a home run in Royal Stadium, too. How about that? On the <laughs> topic of Patrick, uh, Mr. Tui. Uh, a roast again to Bike Walk KC. A few weeks ago, they released a report making outrageous claims that $400 million spent on bike lanes in Kansas City would create 12,000 jobs and save 36 lives. A brief investigation of that found that none of it was true. They're back now claiming that there's been a 600% increase in biking since we put bike lanes in Armour Boulevard and elsewhere in the city. Again, that is completely specious. I think their plan should be rejected simply because the organization can't be honest with their own data. All right, Jeremy. My roast, uh, following up on Ron, uh, the other side of that, I'm going to roast the Kansas City Star uh, editorial page, who uh, unfairly and, in my view, disgustingly attacked the Big Slick fundraiser that raised $2.5 million for children who are suffering illnesses, only in an attempt to get more clicks and to insert race into a conversation that didn't need it. You should be ashamed of yourselves, and I hope you uh, have trouble sleeping at night. Jamaica? Well, I'm going to toast uh, Symington Elementary. Um, I was teaching there for the last two years. My sixth graders just graduated, so shout out to you all because I know you want it. Um, and it is a school, um, Hickman Mills, as we know, have schools that are closing. And so my sixth graders were the last sixth grade class to graduate from Symington. So a toast to them and all the staff at Symington and those people who came to say goodbye. All right, and finally, here's a toast to Democratic consultant and pollster Mark Penn, a Clinton confidant, who is telling the horde of Democrats calling for impeachment to stop. He says the party should focus instead on health care and infrastructure. Let us hope that Penn is mightier than the horde. See what I did there? Sorry. Don't forget the <laughs> don't forget the mayor's debate uh, tomorrow evening, 7:30, uh, uh, with uh, Nick Haynes and the two candidates for mayor running at 7:30 tomorrow night again at 11 o'clock on Sunday. That is Ruckus for this week. Back next Thursday at seven. Now for the Ruckets and crew, I'm Mike Shannon saying thanks very much for watching and good night. <laughs>